Welcome to our show, Holding Ground. My name is Laura Richer. I'm a psychotherapist and the owner of Anchorlight Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. Each week, I'm joined by another therapist from the Anchorlight team to tackle important topics in mental health and psychotherapy. Our goal is to promote well-being by normalizing mental health challenges. We are here holding ground for you every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW. Good morning. You're listening to Holding Ground, the show that brings you a little bit of everything in the realm of psychotherapy and positive mental health. We're here every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. I'm your host, Laura Richer. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and the owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And today I am here with my co-host, Michelle Mooney, who is also a licensed psychotherapist at Anchor Light. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Laura. I hope everyone had a great holidays. How was your holiday, Laura? It was really good. It was, you know, we're all snowed in, so there's not a lot going on, but it was <laughs> nice to eat a little break. Great, great. And how about you, Michelle? Mine was good. Thank you. Yeah, about the same. Just, you know, very nice, relaxing time at home. And then, yeah, more of that with the snow. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, today we have a really exciting topic for our listeners. I think this is a great discussion going into the new year. We're coming to the close of 2021. And so we might start to think about what we want to have bring into our lives in the new year. So Michelle, tell our listeners a little bit about what we're talking about today. Yeah, Laura, you know, I think this time of year, we really think about, okay, it's time to get that gym membership or, you know, start trimming up my finances, you know, all these things that we traditionally think about when we're coming up with New Year's resolutions, or um, as I like to say, New Year's intentions, right? And just, um, you know, I think when we say resolution, that puts a lot of pressure on ourselves. Like I have to do this, right? I have to lose 25 pounds by February 1st. Well, it's probably not going to happen. And now you've disappointed <laughs> yourself and you're going to be defeated at that point, right? Versus I have an intention for the new year. I intend to do this, right? It gives us a lot more grace um, and compassion and you know space to maybe make a mistake. So, but what we're doing is we're doing a bit of a deeper dive into what some potentially um, toxic habits are to get rid of that we don't traditionally think of. Yeah. So you bring up such a great point every year, you know, the typical resolutions are around health or fitness, losing weight, maybe getting a better job, making more money. Um, but sometimes we have some patterns of behavior that keep us from attaining those, those bigger goals. Um, so today we're going to take a look at toxic habits that sometimes we don't even think about, or we don't realize can be sabotaging our success. So these are going to be the top 12, le- the top 12 toxic, but less obvious, uh, habits. So let's just dive right in, Michelle. What is the first one on the list? So the first one is checking in on either ex-friends, ex-partners, ex-coworkers, looking into them with the intention of, gee, I want to find out, I hope that I'm doing better than they are, right? Mm -hmm. This is a very unhealthy habit. And I think it's another one that a lot of us can tend to do, right, to try to make ourselves feel better. And if we look at it from the extent of, Hmm, I'm getting my self-worth off of how bad you're doing or how bad I think that you're doing, right? We need to rechange how we're thinking about ourselves and how to, you know, care for ourselves and make ourselves feel good versus seeking that out through the, um, you know, mistakes or misfortune of others. So, yeah, have you heard of clients doing this, Laura? Or I definitely have. I mean, and in the age of social media, how can we not? I want to normalize mm-hmm. that is a normal reaction that when we're constantly comparing ourselves to others and, and like I said, social media is 
a wonderful platform for many things, but the downside of it is we're always seeing everybody's best information that they're putting out into the world and comparing that to our normal lives. So I think it's a very normal that we want to do this. And at the same time, it's toxic. It's really not helpful because the truth is you're always going to find somebody that you're doing better than and somebody that maybe you're doing worse than, however you define that. Um, and either way, you're going to feel bad in both of those scenarios. You're either going to feel bad that you are maybe taking, God, joy feels like a strong word, but maybe um, satisfaction in seeing someone not do well, that's going to feel yucky. And it's also not going to feel good to be comparing yourself to someone and feeling less than. Exactly. Exactly. Because if that, that's where the, your joy, um, I think that's, that, that's an okay word to use. <laughs> it should be that sometimes. <laughs> I mean, you know, we think about social media and so much of it is like these little dopamine hits we get every time we, see, you know, we, somebody likes something that we've posted or we see something that, um, you know, excites us, you know, whether it's a, a picture of a puppy or it's our, you know, old high school crush that has gained 800 pounds, right? Yeah. Whatever that is. These, so joy, I mean, it's fun, terrible work to there. Um, but yeah, if you're deriving um, your joy or, you know, self-worth out of those things, right, then, then we have to come up with different habits. And it's going to ultimately sabotage you from reaching your goals because let's use an example of, um, you know, wanting to get a better job. If you're looking at somebody else who has a job that you perceive is better than yours, that might be kind of sabotaging. You might say, well, I can't achieve at that level anyway, so why am I trying? So it's always better to focus on right. yourself, not compare, and gauge your progress against, you know, your, your own goals and your own abilities, not comparing to other people. Right, right, exactly. All right, so Michelle, what is number two on the list? Um, so the next one really comes down to uh, work boundaries. So this is maybe a more commonly known one, um, but it is an important one to note. So this is um, treating anything like it's a crisis or it's a you know a fire outside of office hours if it really isn't. So of course these things will happen where you might from time to time, depending on the industry that you're in, have to take an email or something like that outside of normal work hours. But the second you show an employer, coworkers, whoever, that, you know, yes, I'm willing to answer every single email, every single text all the time, you know, around the clock, they're going to expect that of you, right? So there's that saying, what you permit, you promote, right? So if I allow this once, then okay, well, maybe, maybe I can make my boss stay up later again tomorrow night <laughs> with more questions or, you know, have, have them do that to me. So, um, you know, these work boundaries are really, really important. So um, just keeping that in mind. Yes. And so we often think about boundaries in our personal relationships, but they're just as important in our professional relationships. And like you said, we train people how to treat us. So if we're training our clients or our employers that we're available 24 hours a day, that's what they're going to expect. And that's going to be a lot of pressure. Who wants to deal with that? Right, exactly. And you can't function as a <clears throat> fully complete human, right, if you're only doing one thing really, really well. So if you're only addressing every certain, you know, aspect of your work really well, other things fall off your plate, right? Maybe your family, maybe a relationship, you know, maybe the state of your house, right? Are you <laughs> getting to do your chores as much as you yeah. need to because you're so focused on work, so... It is a real problem. We work with clients all the time who forsake relationships and personal care. I even had a client who wasn't sleeping because they were waking up in the middle of the night to, you know, address phone calls in different time zones and, and then wondering, you know, how will I find time to work out during the day? And 
sleep is non-negotiable. So, you know, we have to create some space for ourselves. Exactly. All right. I love this. So what's next, Michelle? I love this one too. And I will say before we start that this is something that I can be guilty of from time to time, though I think a, a good portion of us might be, is spending for the mo uh, money for the sake of convenience only. So um, this can look like, you know, get, getting a piece of furniture that isn't as high of quality that you really were holding out for, but it will be delivered tomorrow and not in two weeks. So I'm going to go with the crappier one, right? And so that instant gratification more so than the long-term payoff is what um, this really boils down to. Oh, I am so guilty of this with Uber Eats. This, uh, you know, you end up buying a $70 meal that if you'd gone to the grocery store, you could have had, you know, steak and lobster and you're getting something just because it's delivered to you. So mm -hmm. yeah, late, late and cold. This definitely McDonald's. sabotage your finances for sure. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and of course, in the day of age of being able to buy things online and have them delivered relatively quickly, it kind of almost programs our brains to expect and want that more and more too, right? Well, you got this yesterday, you know, <laughs> overnight by 2 a.m., you know, why, why can't I get that for everything? So, slowing down, right, really asking yourself, how do I want to be spending my money here? Am I buying the thing that has no reviews? Because again, it's going to show up a lot faster, or am I going to hold out for the right, perfect thing? Yeah. Yes. That's such a good point. The desire for instant gratification is very human and at the same time can lead us down the wrong path. So something to be on the lookout for. Mm -hmm. So what is number four? So the next one is um, working while you are eating, um, like all your meals, essentially. So um, this really looks like, okay, I am taking that work call. It's on my lunch while I'm driving. So I have a hamburger in one hand, my cell phone on the other, and, you know, trying to navigate all these tasks or I get home from work and we can, you know, well, I have to eat so I can answer a few more emails. So kind of similar to the earlier one, but not quite, because this is more, it can just be an isolated thing. You're not really having it in interact with other people, perhaps like taking calls, um, but you're still working while you're eating. So um, letting your, especially during lunch, so letting yourself at least have, at least, <laughs> we don't recommend only 15 minutes, but if you can at least get that 15 minutes of peace while you're eating your lunch, it kind of just slows everything down. It allows your mind to switch focus and it doesn't keep it in that real, you know, uh, escalated, uh, ticked up place where you're just, you know, your nervous system is turned on all day. Right. Let yourself soothe during the day. When you get home, have dinner with your partner, your person, your kids. Absolutely. You know, I think we're more inclined to overeat when we're eating while we're doing other things mm -hmm. because we can't be mindful of how we're feeling. And so you might notice that you are just, you know, kind of stuffing your face for lack of a better term. And then all of a sudden you're too full. You don't feel good. You haven't even been able to enjoy your food. And I don't know about you, but one of my favorite things in life is enjoying food. Yes. And you're right. And I think, you know, we're so used to now because of the last couple of years, you know, we're watching a lot more TV, we're consuming a lot more media. So we're, we're eating while we're doing these things because they're, it's just kind of what we're doing most of the time now. So we can sit down and eat a lot more and sit, you know, in front of a movie than we're going to, if we actually take the time to go to the kitchen and sit down with people or just sit down with ourselves and have a dedicated time and space for eating. And like you said, you don't have to have, you know, a four course meal that you spend three hours on, but take 15 <laughs> or 20 minutes just to sit down and taste your food. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So now we are on to number five. What's number five on the list? 
So this one is um, when we first wake up in the morning, right? So at first of all, asking yourself, what's your first thought? Usually that's the, oh, everything is great. And then, you know, then you start remembering all the things that you have to do. Oh my gosh, there's so much to do today. Yeah, (laughs) All the stuff that went wrong yesterday, right? How about that thing in seven years that I'm really not looking forward to, right? So all of this stress comes into mind. And then what we can do is, well, I'm just gonna, you know, maybe check out my social media or the news, right? As I'm waking up as well. So now all of a sudden, your body is combined is completely turned on by all of the stimulus that five seconds ago, it was just like, Hey, here's a new day. Right. And now you're throwing all this stuff at your brain and really overstimulating yourself before you even get out of bed. And it's so easy to do. And I'm very guilty of this myself and trying to be more mindful about it is that I pick up my cell phone that's next to my bed to see what time it is. Mm -hmm. And just in doing that, I say, Oh, I've got a voicemail. I've got Mm -hmm. a text. I've got an email. I've got things to respond to. And so you don't even give yourself a moment to kind of start your day and clear your mind and and think clearly about what you want to do. Well, you know, Laura, I'll try my best not to send you a bunch of voicemails and emails in the middle of the night anymore. I'm working on my work boundaries. But... It's really disruptive. I would prefer that you didn't. No, right. I'd rather you not have to wake up to that. No, but absolutely. Yes. That I mean, little things like that, that, okay, I'm going to keep my phone on do not disturb until I, you know, I'm about to leave for work or, you know, I'm going to not look at it until I finish my morning routine. Allow yourself to start the day as a human and not a machine, essentially. Agreed. So this is a good, this kind of goes into what we're talking about next. And I think phones play a big part in number six as well, phones and screens. And Mm -hmm. that's staying up late for no particular reason. Tell Mm -hmm. me a little bit about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it could just be mindlessly getting lost in um, a movie or social media or screen of some sort. Um, You know, for some of us, it might still look like getting mindlessly lost in books, right? But even that too much can be, um, you know, take away from our sleep and that sort of thing um, if we do too much of it. So um, that that's one reason. Another reason is asking yourself, like, why am I staying up this too late? Right. So it's saying for no particular reason, but there's there's a reason behind all of our behaviors, all of our, you know, we have a motivation. So is it this this is something that can come up for some people um, is, um, well, if I go to sleep, then I'm going, the next thing that happens is I have to go to work. Mm. (laughs) So I'm going to stay up as long as possible to push off tomorrow as long as possible. So that, that sometimes is a function of that behavior that some people aren't aware of. It's very much an avoidance behavior. And so all that's going to do, it's going to make tomorrow, if you're dreading tomorrow, even worse, if you got two hours of sleep than if you got eight. Yes. And I hear this a lot with parents who they don't get any time to themselves during the day. They're working mm-hmm. all day and then they come home and take care of the kids. And the only time they have to themselves is at night. Mm-hmm. And so they might get caught up in playing a game or watching a show that is denying you sleep. And, you know, mm-hmm. that while that makes perfect sense, it could be taking a toll on your mental health if you're not getting enough sleep. I think that getting enough sleep is probably one of the in the top three of maintaining mental well-being. So if you're not mm-hmm. getting enough sleep, you might notice that your depression and anxiety and stress levels are going to be a lot higher. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the stress and, you know, 
anything, any less amount of energy you have, you have less time to focus on, you know, the logistical concerns of the day and the emotional concerns of the day. And what's going to happen is you're going to become much more reactive and irritable. Mm -hmm. um, if you, you know, to your partner or whomever, if you have less uh, capacity um, for mental space, essentially, right? Because you're so tired already, you started the day in the deficit versus, you know, okay, we're going to see how this goes, you know, so um, it's really important to get to get that time. And if you don't, that leads yeah. us into number seven, you might find yourself thinking something bad is always going to happen. You might mm -hmm. feel stressed and anxious. And then what do you notice? Yeah, well, what you notice is not a lot of good stuff, um, you know, so um, yeah, thinking that something bad is always going to happen. Now, this can look like, you know, there can be a chemical reason for this, right? If we have um, uncontrolled uh, anxiety disorders, for example, right, that's where that one can typically come up. But that can also show up in terms of, you know, something bad has always happened. Let's say you've had a really hard history for some reason, right? Um, childhood stuff, whatever it is, um, your brain, again, can kind of, can kind of come conditioned to thinking like, okay, well, this is all, this has always happened to me. So this is what's just going to happen to me. Um, so um, there's a lot of reasons why um, that these things can happen. Obviously therapy um, is highly recommended, you know, if you need medication to help with this as well, but also, you know, uh, teach yourself little tricks and habits that we would share with clients, right? And trying to change those alternate thoughts. So even if it's, even if the best you can do is to go from something bad is always going to happen to well, maybe something bad won't happen, that's going to make a huge difference. Yeah. Or focusing on the possibilities of what could be good that might happen. You know, those mm -hmm. are positive things happening are, are always an option too. And where we focus our attention plays a lot into what type of experience we're, we're creating for ourselves, which going to number eight, then making self-deprecating jokes. So just like looking for negative things to happen, talking bad about yourself, even for the sake of humor can also leave you feeling in that, that negative place. Right, exactly. So yeah, that that's what it is, is, you know, oh, I'm keeping things lighthearted, lighthearted, um, in some ways, or, oh, you know, this can show up a lot when, um, you know, if I, if I go to the office tomorrow, if it's not snowing, which it will be, um, and no, I was doing that. hypothetically, if I yeah. was going to go into the office tomorrow, and hypothetically, Laura, you're in an you know, amazing new outfit, and I was to give you a compliment on it, right? Sometimes that's where we take an opportunity to make some sort of self deprecating joke, or, you know, always cutting ourselves short when people are acknowledging our um, successes or positive things about us. So that that's one place that um, that can show show up the most. Yeah. Yeah. And that just ultimately doesn't feel good. So if somebody gives you a compliment, just say, thank you, take it in, feel all the goodness of that compliment, move on. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. All right. Number nine on the list is assuming that you know about other people's finances. Tell me a little bit about that. So this one um, is, so if I kind of have this idea in my mind, right? Well, 
you know, this, this neighbor of mine, right? They're an attorney and his wife is a heart surgeon and their kid is in Yale, right? They, you know, they, they must, um, you know, have all of this income available to them that, well, their life must be so easy or they can make this decision or that decision. And they just, they have it so much better than I do, or they have so much more flexibility for things than I do. And really, you don't know, right? They, yeah. they could be on the edge of bankruptcy, right? So these are kinds of, uh, ideas that we can just assume about people or assuming the adverse. Yeah, exactly. And that leaves you feeling bad. You're making negative judgments about someone. Usually when we assume that we know about other people's finances, we feel less than, we feel like maybe they don't deserve what they have. Um, and so that just leads to feelings like of insecurity and resentment. And like you said, we don't, we don't know what's going on in other people's lives. And, and, um, they might present as being very well off and maybe they're not, or maybe they are. And maybe that's okay too. And maybe your jealousy around that is just showing you that you aspire to have some of those things one day. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and the last thing on that too, is if we're assuming people's life decisions or goals are equated to their income, right? So if we um, are talking about folks who don't make as much money, right? That, that doesn't mean they didn't try or, you know, they're less educated than you or, you know, making assumptions in either sort of ways, just damaging and not fair. So we only have a couple minutes left. We'll have to go quickly through the last few. Um, and I think they're pretty self-explanatory, but number 10, and we all have dealt with this probably, or many people have through the pandemic, um, drinking because you feel like you need to fit in. So maybe you're participating in some of those early uh, Zoom happy hours, or you're engaging in events that like you just feel pressure to drink. Mm -hmm. um, and notice that is sabotaging. Maybe you don't respond to alcohol in the same way as other people and you can't engage as much or it's taking away from the goals that you have set for, your, for yourself and, and checking in with what works for you. Just because other people are drinking doesn't mean that you need to. Mm -hmm. And why, and asking yourself, why do I feel like I have to drink to fit in, right? What is it about your personality or things that you're interested in that you want to talk about that aren't as exciting about you as if you were intoxicated, which arguably might not be as great. Yes, oftentimes it isn't. Um, number 11, purchasing cheap, unnecessary things just because you want to buy things. <laughs> So this can kind of look a little, little bit like the earlier one about inconvenience, but really this, I think we can all relate to that instant, if we're talking about the instant gratification piece again, right? Oh, I'm feeling crappy. Oh, but I saw that really cool new mascara at Sephora last week. That's going to change how I'm feeling right now, right? And then you hit the button, you pay for it. And, okay, now I'm really excited. And, and then it gets there. And then you're like, okay, this is here. And now what do I want to buy next, right? We keep continuing that cycle. Yes. So it's kind of a, it's a self-soothing type behavior. And so you want to dig in deeper as to why you're trying to maybe manage stress or anxiety with, mm -hmm. with shopping because shopping functions, just like over drinking, overeating, gambling, et right. cetera. Right. And so then the last one on the list for today, number 12 is wondering if everyone hates you. Mm -hmm. Right. 
So this is a little like that negative self-thinking one again, but this, this is more generally around just how people, you think people view you and see you in general as a totality, whether it's the neighbor or the stranger in the grocery store, every behavior, something I did wrong. So like, let's say I look at, you know, someone in the grocery store and they're not smiling. Well, why aren't they smiling? Did I make them mad? <laughs> you know, like, do I smell today? You know, what's going on? I must have done something wrong. Like taking so much responsibility for other people's feelings about you versus saying, oh, wait, they they may have, um, you know, something bad happened to them maybe this morning and not taking that into account. Right. It's that it's kind of it can be almost selfish behavior in a little bit of way, assuming it's always about you and maybe not what that other person might be experiencing. Right. Well, that is all we have time for for today. We hope we've given everyone a few things to think about in terms of toxic habits. And Michelle, tell our listeners what we're going to be doing on our next show, because they might be wondering, okay, you pointed out these toxic habits, but now what? Well, now we wish you good luck and let us know how that went. Um, so no, our next uh, episode, we're going to talk about ways to fix toxic, toxic habits in general, but maybe a little bit more some specific things about the ones we just covered today. But yeah, that's our episode for next week. So stay tuned. Yeah. So if you want the antidote to all of these toxic habits and actions, so you can start 2022 on the right foot, meet us back here next week where you can find our show Holding Ground every Tuesday morning at 930 a.m. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Holding Ground. You can hear us here every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW. I'm Laura Richard, Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. And we'll see you next week.